All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Trisses? How's it going? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Hope you're okay. I am okay. I'm all right. I've been doing coffee on and off. Yeah, I still have a coffee sponsor. I don't do it. It's it's sort of like a given, but uh, justcoffee.coop still sends me a couple of bags, three or four bags a month of coffee just from you know, years of, of, of that loyalty, that dynamic that we had forever. I've, I've always got some coming in, and I hadn't been drinking it for a while. I've been using it for barter, gifts and barter. Hey, you need some coffee, pal? Here you go. I'll give you two bags of coffee and these two records for those two records. Yes, actual barter down at uh, Gimme Gimme usually with Dan down there. But uh, now I'm, I'm sort of back on it. I'm, I'm having a little bit of coffee here and there. And it's, inc- it's amazing how quickly it just creeps up on you, man. I'd forgotten what it's like to be fully capable and jacked out of your brain for some uh, excitable and excited conversation in the morning. But I'm um, starting to feel that a little bit again. I've been drinking like a little bit of coffee in the morning, then tea later in the afternoon. But I can slowly feel the coffee just creeping up on me a little bit. John Goodman is on the show today. And what a, what a, a nice fella. Had a nice kind of weighty chat with John. Uh, great guy. He's obvi- he, Obviously, you know him from everything. He's, he's currently on The Connors. Um, but you know him from the Coen Brothers movie. You know him from Roseanne. You know, you know, he's, it's John Goodman. And I was thrilled to talk to him. So, trick or treat, how, how was it for you? Oh, I, have, I haven't talked to you since the special. Let's start with trick or treat, and then I'll go back a bit. There's a couple of things going on, and I'll tell you exactly what went down with the special. But I bought a ton of fucking candy. Good stuff, too. I don't fuck around. I don't know what you like, but I know what's good, and it's probably better than what you like. I'm full on. You know, I got a full bag of Reese's, glow-in-the-dark Reese's. The gl- it's just the packaging. And then I got uh, a bag of what was in there, Twix, Snickers, Three Musketeers Caramel, and then another kind of Snickers. Pretty good. Solid. But I, you know, kids started coming, man. I got back in time. I had the big bucket of uh, candy and they started coming. And I thought, like, I got to get through this because I cannot have any of this. My agenda on Halloween was to have no leftover candy. And I thought it was inevitable that I would have leftover candy, but I really couldn't have it in the house. So when they started coming at 6.30 or so, I started giving these kids like three each. Three or four kids would come, three three pieces of candy, two or three pieces of candy. And then all of a sudden they just kept coming. I had like 30 or 40 kids and their parents, uh, I some really young kids with their parents. I was just wearing like, you know, I, I was wearing my workout clothes actually because I'd just gotten down from the mountain and I'd cooked dinner and then they started coming. So I didn't change and uh, it was very cute. All the, all the uh, costumes were cute. Uh, the parents' costumes were cute. But there was one kid who came with his, his parents and he was holding some sort of thing with a blinking light on it. I don't remember what, maybe it was the, the actual basket that you put the candy in had some sort of light on it. But I walked to the door in my shorts and the kid could see me and he was terrified. I, I had no costume on and I could, ju- I could see this kid must have been made, maybe three. And I just came running up to the door and he backed up. And, I'm, and I was like, what? Take it easy, kid. You know, and I opened the door and I gave him the candy and he's still looking at me like, 
what the fuck is this guy? And uh, eventually I just said, oh, you look so cute, and was nice to him. And then he was like, the light, the light, the light. And he kept pointing to the blinking light, and I, I think he, he overcame his fear, and uh, we, he wanted me to, to know and see and acknowledge the light that I, he found so much joy in. And I did that, and I felt better. I didn't want the kid leaving scared. So what's the point? Point is, I held back like five pieces of candy because there were large groups of kids coming to my door. Some of them a little old for the trick-or-treating, I think, to be quite honest with you. And um, I didn't want to have another group come and then come up one short for some kid. Cause I, for some reason in my mind, I thought like, I don't want to ruin some kid's life. What if some three-year-old comes up and I don't have any more candy? What am I getting? Do, do I want to be that memory? Do I want to be that disappointing guy? Do I want that to be stuck in some kid's car? Like it's really going to make that big a deal. Christ. It's not emotional abuse. It's just a grown up out of candy, but I held back five. And that was it. And I threw them in the freezer. And the next night I ate them and they were so fucking good. I, I, want, I wish I'd kept more, but I'm glad I didn't keep more. Whatever, folks. That was Halloween. Went well. Uh, the other thing I want again, again, I should fucking write him an email. I must have his email. Gotta thank Ken Burns for, uh, for this country documentary. I finished watching it, all eight of them. They're about an hour and a half, two hours each. And it's just one of those things like I said, I had some country records, but I had no context. And now I have a whole new pantheon of magicians and wizards to be emotionally engaged with their stories. And I'm talking about country music performers and, you know, it filled with wonder about the, their music because now I have a context for them. Now, I told you about Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family, but, you know, I went out and I chased down some Bill Monroe records. I downloaded the nitty gritty dirt bands. May the circle be unbroken because it was them pulling some of the old timers in Roy Acuff and uh, Doc Watson and uh, Vassar Clements and and Maybell Carter. And I'm, I'm re reinvested in Dolly Parton. I just picked up another George Jones and Tammy Wynette record. I pulled out my Leuven Brothers record. I pulled out my Earl Scruggs and uh, and Lester Flats record. And now I'm invested. So thanks again. Ken Burns for for giving me this whole it's just a whole world that like I I feel connected to because there's no uh country without blues and there's no jazz without blues and everything sort of this it, it's all kind of swirls together and uh, I'm just I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled to have this this backdrop to have these people sort of be real people in my mind uh as I listen to their music now. So, the special. As many of you know, um, last week, we, it took months, years even, over a year leading up to this taping of my uh, new Netflix special. And, you know, as, again, apologies to Boston for not being able to do it, but we chose the Red Cat Theater here in L.A., which only seats a few hundred people. It's a large black box theater, they call it. And we built a beautiful set for the show. But my one fear... Going in, you know, and this happened after the fact, like I knew we would make it look great, which it did. And I knew we could do all the things we wanted to do with the camera, which we could. But my fear was that this was one of those theaters where people, 
It's a type of theater where they do experimental stuff. It's a type of theater where you know it doesn't have the big proscenium. It's not a huge theater. It's a it's a black box theater. And when you go to a black box theater, you're waiting for something intense. You're waiting for something intimate and uh, and impactful. Uh, you're waiting for you know something heavy. It's it's not a funny space. Now I'm not saying that the larger theaters, the proscenium, the proscenium theaters, the uh, mostly vaudeville houses and old theaters and cities, you're not expecting something, but they all they all sort of have their dug-in personality, whereas a black box is something you can make whatever you want, but there's also, I just felt there was going to be some, some expectations and some, not apprehension, but just a, a kind of intensity to the space itself that would uh, might stand in the way of laughter. But we, it was Wednesday night, and there was a 7 o'clock and a 10 o'clock taping. Now, a 7 o'clock show, even on a Friday or Saturday, that's a, you know, people got to come right from work. And I didn't know who was going to be there. And we only made about 200 and uh, change, you know, maybe a little over 200 seats available for each show, which is very intimate. But man, you know, I'm all jacked up. I got my new clothes on. You know, we're backstage. We're doing it. We're doing sound checks. I got Luke Schwartz. Uh, opening for me getting people warmed up a little bit and then you go out and you got all the cameras and it's a tv taping and you know i've been working this shit a lot and i go out on that seven o'clock show and the audience wasn't bad but my fears about the space were realized is that you know they were present but they weren't laughing enough and as a comic you kind of need the laughter to get a roll going but the thing was is i didn't feel like i got over the hump and it was nobody's fault you know, but like in between shows, I was kind of frustrated. I was like, I'm glad we have another one. I hope it goes good. But everybody there, Netflix people, everybody's like, that was great. That was great. That was great. And I'm like, thank you. It was great. But in my heart, I was like, it's got to be better than that. I got to connect better than that. Why the fuck did I do it at this theater? Is this next show going to be a problem? Am I fucked? Am I going to have a mediocre special? I know it's going to look great, but I don't want to have to, you know, sweeten it or add laughs or any of that kind of shit. Like what, what, fuck man. I was a little freaked out folks. So going into the second taping at 10, I was like, God damn it, man. I got to stay open. You stay even more open and fucking connect with this, deliver this shit. And it was great. The second show, it rolled. I improvised a bit. I got loose. I kind of, you know, was myself more. And I, maybe that's always the way it goes. But uh, thank fucking God. Even if I don't believe in God necessarily, thank the universe for doing I didn't, to walk away from a special taping and not feel like you got it, what a nightmare. So it went good. I think it's going to be pretty, it's a, I think it's a pretty powerful bunch of material, pretty Pretty, uh, you know, I take it to the edge. I take it to the edge, folks. So, listen, before I bring up John Goodman, I wanted to read this email. I thought it was nice, if I could. This is from uh, Allie. Subject line, Argus. Hi, Mark. I am halfway through your episode with Argus Hamilton, and I wanted to share a small story with you. I saw the Monday newsletter announce that he would be on the show. I was very happy to see you'd finally been able to get him on. Argus played a small but important role in my early teen life. When I was 12 or 13, 1985 or 86, my dad checked into the care unit at Cedars, 30-day program for alcohol addiction. I'd go visit him, and while I liked visiting him, 
I started asking to go so I could talk to his roommate. His roommate was this funny, nice guy who talked to me like I was an adult, didn't talk down to me, and was genuinely interested in chatting with his roommate's daughter. It will come as no surprise that this was Argus. I think he finished the program before my dad did or vice versa. So at some point I knew I likely wasn't going to see him ever again. His parting gift to me was a Comedy Store t-shirt that I wore all the time. It was pretty much my favorite thing for a long time. I still have it somewhere. At the time, I didn't know much about the Comedy Store, just a little I'd heard from Argus. And obviously, it wasn't until years later I came to learn about its history. Over the years, I'd see his name somewhere and was happy he was A, still alive, and B, still working and doing what he loved. And I always looked forward to hearing guests on your show or you mention him. So thank you, Mark, for finally having him on. The ride to work this morning definitely sparked a strong memory. And that voice, that voice, it's exactly the same as I remember. Best, Allie. Thanks for that email. That's so nice. I like hearing about things that, you know, have an impact on you when you're younger and they're good things and then they come sort of full circle. I was, I'm happy I had him on and uh, he told me he's getting great, uh, great feedback from it. So that's nice. Now, look, folks, uh, John Goodman doesn't talk much like this uh, in public. He doesn't do a lot of these kind of long form interviews and it was a, it was really, you know, and he, you know, he's such a, a sweet guy, such a memorable guy, such a, you know, a huge talent and uh, sort of a part of all of our lives. If you've been alive watching anything, movies or television for the last two decades or three decades even. So so this was great. And uh, as I mentioned before, the the Connors airs Tuesdays on ABC and uh, and I'm sure you can enjoy. Go enjoy John Goodman and whatever he's done. And now you can enjoy me and him talking right now. I was on the uh, lozenges. Yeah. Oh, my God. They give me too much nicotine and I start getting hiccups. And Oh, you get the hiccups? Yeah. Some people get that weird thing with the gum too, the stomach. Yeah, or the I did too. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I just I ate them all day long. I would go to sleep with them in my mouth. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I wake up, and it was like the first thing I do. I couldn't like I just it was so, uh, it was just so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to the point where I'm shaking. When you don't have them? No, when I do. Oh, when you yeah. do it. I, uh, yeah, I just, and I don't know. No, I don't know I'm talking about it. Yeah. I don't know what, I, I never got involved with the vape thing because it was too much like the cigarettes. Yeah. And I like, I haven't smoked a cigarette for over a decade, but I got on those lozenges. Yeah. And then I'd go, I'd, then I'd smoke, uh, what happened is I, I'd get off them all together, then I'd smoke one cigar. And then like, you know, then two cigars. And then, you know, I'm eating cigars, you know, yeah. like, and then I got to get on the nicotine. I inhale them. The cigars? Yeah. yeah you can't help yeah. it. You can't, I mean, I just can't, uh, but I've been off them for two months and I can't, and now I'm off everything. I've been sober for like 20 years and now, uh, not great. <laughs> it, it, it beats the alternative, man. That's for sure. I got 12 yeah. years myself. Yeah. It's good, right? Yeah. Oh my it's, God. It's, it's getting better too. Right. It does. It, you know, it's like when you finally get that clarity and you're feeling, you know, relatively comfortable in your own skin. I mean- the worst thing about it is that uh, you know that's it. That's all there is. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it, that's uh, that's the hardest thing to accept. But I didn't know that for thirty years. Right, right, right. And 
it, it took me a long time to just okay, this is all right. Yeah, and, and when I look around, it's better than all right. It's pretty good. It's good. The gratitude element is the always the missing factor yeah. when you're hard on yourself, you know. Because I'm just sort of like fuck it, you know. What the fuck? What's the fucking point? I'm an asshole, and then and then you know if you if you're able to manage it which i'm not great at you know it's okay well I, yeah i figured nobody owes me a thing right so take care of yourself <laughs> right nobody owes you anything but that doesn't mean there's not a world full of assholes out there oh yeah <laughs> yeah and mostly they you, you have to laugh at them yeah well that's the best way to do it yeah you know as opposed to sort of my my thing is is i get into a thing where like that guy's an asshole why am i not more like him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's successful yeah exactly <laughs> why, like, why am i the medium level successful asshole why do i try so much I, well that's the thing and then i pretend like i'm not trying i don't think but i don't you find that as you get older you give less of a fuck yeah oh yeah that's uh that's a big part of it natural right yeah it just happens when i i'm fine with I don't have to please everybody, which is like a big deal with me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, well, when did you learn that one? Just listen. Yeah? Yeah. When did you learn that one? I didn't. Uh, the, I'm still the, doing it. Yeah. The, not pleasing people? Yeah, but at least I know when I'm doing it. Yeah. I, and, yeah, it was usually a, I can please people without trying so fucking hard at it. Well, right. When you're not sitting there assuming you know what they're thinking. Yeah. I, that's a that's a weird key to the whole thing is realizing like I'm making up most of what other people are thinking about oh, yeah. me or about this. Projecting. Uh, yeah your shit on them and, yeah and what what do they need I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll provide that <laughs> yeah and then you just end up exhausted and drained and you can't fix people and yeah you, if i'm you, in new york i start talking with a new york accent oh i'll uh, do that too yeah and uh, or, or england yeah do you do english too no yeah but, <laughs> but it, yeah, <laughs> but it, it sounds exactly like what it is what is that about a, a dick with ears <laughs> What, I don't know. I, I do that too. Like you can hear it on the podcast. <laughs> like if I get somebody in here who's New York or Jewish, like Mel Brooks was on the show. Oh, I talk, Jesus. Within minutes, I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course I think. No. Nope. Like, I'm from Brooklyn, 1940. You know, like what is that? And, I don't, and, and keep me out of Texas. It, it, that, oh, I, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> Just, oh yeah, I, I just go to it. I don't, but it happens naturally, right? Yeah, I can't figure out what that is. Uh, what part of my brain does that? Because I do that too. But you think it's sort of a, a people pleaser? A, you do. I want to be one of you, right? But is that pleasing them, or is it just sort of like I'm done with me? You seem to have a, a, a good handle on yourself. My brain says that I should be more. It's like just, it. It's just like surrendering everything I am to uh, what they want. I just want to be like Can that. Can I fix that truck for you? <laughs> I know nothing about yeah. trucks. <laughs> yeah. Let me but, pop the hood. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's under there. <laughs> oh, damn. I haven't done this for years. <laughs> what I mean, did where'd you grow up? In St. Louis. Is there a Missouri accent? I'm sure there is. Yeah. I uh, went to school in Springfield, Missouri, and it's a little bit closer to yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Ozarks. Yeah. I was just in St. Louis. Missouri's like a slightly frightening state to me. So. Yeah. A little, bit, a little bit, a little bit conservative for my taste. Uh, yeah, a lot conservative. Yeah, I would say so. But I did shows in St. Louis, and it was what's surprising is is that uh, you know there's terrified uh, f uh, progressive people everywhere, and <laughs> you know, they'll sure. come out. Hey, and, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I got to go there Thursday. You do? Yeah, I'm doing something at Washington University, a Q and A or something. And that's in St. Louis. Yeah. And what you, you don't know what it is? It it's supposed to be a lecture 
yeah thing but i have absolutely nothing to give or add to anybody and so I, <laughs> can they just ask moderator. me stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah i'll do it just give me a moderator and a chair somebody i can hear yeah so they just want you to did you, you didn't go to school there they're no just... I, it, that was like the harvard of st louis i mean it's real it's a real great school and what's the uh what is the umbrella of the lecture series is there I an don't acting know. thing you don't no. know they just you just, just got uh, they wanted a famous guy from st louis i guess they <laughs> and, uh, couldn't get Kevin Klein. <laughs> that was it. Short yeah. list. Yeah. So when you were, uh, so you grew up there. You, how many? You got brothers and sisters. I got one brother, fourteen years older, wow. and a sister that's almost two years younger. Yeah. Uh, apparently, my mom had a partial hysterectomy, and I was a major surprise because my brother was born in nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah. And then there was World War Two, and it came back, and I was I came along in fifty-two, which it shocked everybody. So that's a real baby boomer. Yeah. And your brother was already there fourteen years. Yeah. Wow. So is he still around? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He's uh, in St. Louis. And uh, so was your dad in the military? Yeah. Oh, he went. Yeah. I don't know much about it because he died a month before my second birthday. Wow. And before my sister was born. So, like right, be, like right before he died in May, she was born in November. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, that's like uh, that's terrible. But I guess on some level, you, you have no memory no. of him. No, yeah. none at all. And so you dealt with that sort of that absence thing the whole time, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, my brother came back. He le- he had to leave, just get out, mm-hmm. and he came back, and he was like a stranger and trying to do the right thing with me. Right, and I just kind of cocooned oh really yeah you um, just clammed you... i just I, I just lived in, in my room in the basement and really nerded out oh yeah yeah my, and your brother was trying to sort of step in a little bit yeah. yeah yeah where did he go off to uh i don't know he went away then he wound up in detroit for a oh, long time oh, when when the old man passed he was like i gotta no, get he out was, yeah i was 14 years old though so he finished school right so it was like a year early yeah went away to college for a little while then took off do you do the uh, the the hippie thing or no? No, yeah. uh, it's it a little early. For more that. aligned with beats. Oh yeah, yeah. He dug uh, Bop, Bop. So right. yeah, a lot of my happiest memories. He he turned what we call the hi-fi. Yeah, cranked it up with Charlie Parker. Yeah. and shit like that. So, so yeah, I I really liked it. So if, yeah, of course, right? Either, you know, you either got a brain for that or you don't. It's sort of like I guess so. It's sort of like drugs. You know, it, 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 it kind of connected. I'm in the mood for drugs. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, some people listen to jazz and they're like, I can't, you know, turn it off. <laughs> Especially Bob, you know. I immediately get that heroin slouch going. Yeah, me too. Like it's just it's like a riddling effect, yeah, right? Man, yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Like that was that that the character you did in the one uh, inside the. Oh game? yeah, yeah. That guy was great. Yeah, that was all on the page. It was there. Yeah. But you could tap into it if you were a jazz fan. Yeah. You're like, I know this guy. They did. The pro- The thing was, after we were done, um, first Ethan said, was, was he gay? Yeah. I said, I don't know. <laughs> he, he was certainly <laughs> leaning. He'll do until one comes along. Yeah, right, and, right. And uh, we didn't know what instrument he played. I, I swore he was a piano player. Uh, Joel thought he played saxophone. No one knew? And Ethan thought he was a trumpet player. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they just left that open. Yeah, so on the page it was just a jazz musician, yeah. uh, drug problem. Yeah, yeah, that guy was great. It was sort of Burrowsy too, a little bit. Yeah, like it felt a little William Burroughs yeah. kind of vibe. It's all locked in. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's stored. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can access all that. <laughs> 
So, so that's so that at least you had that. I guess your your older brother was like groovy. Yeah, and he turned you on to some shit. Yeah, you know, and comedy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, it made. I guess it made me happy to see him laugh. So, I kind of dig the same things he did. We go out to the car to listen to Bob and Ray on. Um, on, on the radio, radio? yeah, uh, Ernie Kovacs. Was oh yeah, big. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> on TV, Sid Caesar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our show shows yeah. that crazy stuff. Yeah, they were funny, right? Yeah, they were legitimately funny. Because like I don't, I you know I don't have I'm I'm 56, so my memories are mostly repeats of that era. But I guess you caught a bit of it. I caught right? the the end of it. Yeah. Uh, Ernie Kovacs. I, I like he had a gig on ABC, and yeah. I, I definitely remember that because. It was surreal, trippy, for, right? For some reason, I just uh, I always dug that. So you guys not quite connected. Yeah, yeah. You got some laughs together. Yeah. Do you still? I mean, do you guys? Yeah, still? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I can't. So, so near you are in Missouri. Like, what? What is? What's your mom doing to keep things afloat? Uh, she do laundry for other people, babysit kids, worked at a drugstore, worked at a rib joint. Um, so you got ribs. So I, yeah, in? I could s- steal her tips. <laughs> Um, good barbecue coming into the house yeah, at least yeah yeah and yeah i was like a latchkey kid you and your sister yeah when we were like a lot younger we'd call her store or drugstore yeah. all the time right and it, it pissed the owners off because you just i just had to talk to mom <laughs> yeah that's all she all right yeah. yeah yeah she kept you afloat huh yeah yeah, yeah. uh the house was paid for i guess on gi bill uh-huh and she got a social security and yeah, had to scramble to do because she didn't have a an education. And uh, and and how long did she uh, stay around for? Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. She she had colon cancer. That's tough. Yeah. Sorry, man. So when did you get to when? Like, how did you evolve into knowing you wanted to be in uh, in front of people? I mean, I, I, I know you played football or whatever that not, was. Not really well. Uh, <laughs> our our high school team won one game in four years. Well, what position? I know nothing about. Uh, de- uh, offensive guard and defensive tackle. It's just is that just because you were big and in the Midwest? Yeah, you just had that to was do- it. I I had a cousin that played for Missouri University. Yeah, and, and uh, so he was like a hero. So I'm going to play football too. Uh, organized baseball we couldn't afford, so I didn't. I just didn't do it. I. I we play sandlot ball. Oh, like in terms of little league or yeah, stuff. You mean yeah. you had to buy the uniform yeah, and get, yeah, and and pay into the um, organization. Did you like that better baseball? I don't know. Oh. I mean, just from sandlot games, yeah. But I, I really liked football. But it's weird because, like, culturally, I mean, it's not, well, you said you were d- down in the basement nerding out. What were you nerding out with? Then, comic right? books. Oh, really? Um, what were your comics? Radio. Oh, uh, it was. DC originally, yeah, right? And I would get actual subscriptions to them. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they were coming like in, like the Atom, yeah, uh, Green yeah. Lantern, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. and then uh, somebody turned me on to Marvel. Oh, and when yeah, and I, well, this is an inferior product, but then I kind of got into it because <laughs> everything was linked up in Marvel. Yeah, and yeah. So you had to, but that kept Still up for is, a long time. Oddly. But my brother, yeah. Bought the very first copy of Mad Magazine in 1952. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. That was it for me because I dug, if, if I, I could shoplift the uh, paperbacks, the, the compilations of the real stuff with Will Elder. Yeah, yeah. And Harvey Kurtzman and all those great artists. And for some reason, they, I saw something one time. Uh, it made me laugh until I, I, I was crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just that, man. And then um, Mad Magazine was great. So you you were you got it when it was in a comic form, 
or what? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, but I got the compilations right, right. of the, when in, it was a comic in the form. paperback books. For me, it was uh, yeah. The, I'd get the magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know about the comic book stuff. So you made the jump. So that's sort of like that. That's the evolution. That's a nice evolution because if you stay in the the DC Marvel world, you might you might remain a nerd. Yeah. Whereas you get a little Mad Magazine, you in get you. nerdier. You, yeah. yeah. You get yeah. You have little friends friends that uh, you do the little in jokes with with the Mad Magazine. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but also it's sophisticated in the sense of it was yeah, yeah. cultural satire. <laughs> I'm right? smarter than you a little bit, right? Because I, I thought Mad Magazine was like it was a, some sort of window into the grown up world. What it was was a window into. Uh, Judaism, <laughs> yeah. in an odd way, because if I yeah. didn't know what something meant, I'd look it up because I wanted to laugh more than anything. And uh, oh, so like Al Jaffe and all those guys were all Jewish and they didn't yeah. use Yiddish words and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey yeah, like Kurtzman, Dave um, Berg. Or that, yeah, was his, yeah, was yeah. Dave Berg. Was that his name? Lighter was, side of the lighter side of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I stuck with that until it kind of wasn't funny anymore. So yeah, about the same time I got out of the Boy Scouts. Oh right. Yeah. Did you go to National Lampoon at all? Yeah. Big time. That's the next thing. If yeah, I, I remember. If you're... yeah, it was uh, there was a gap there because that didn't happen until I graduated high school. The Lampoon. Yeah, and then they cleaned up their act and got really good in seventy one. Right, right. At the, at they started the... doing the clean edge parodies with the uh, actual advertising. Oh yeah, photographs. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, remember the yearbook parody? Yeah, I have a copy yeah. of that. that was the yearbook great. and yeah. the uh, the Sunday newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was all uh, all around Dacron, Ohio. Right, right. It was so funny. That was mind blowing to me. Yeah, it was Doug Kenny and, yeah. and PJ O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Going back to their high school days. Yep. Did you know those guys? You no, I never did. I uh, Doug Kenny died. I, I probably would have gotten to meet him. Yeah, I uh, I met I met PJ. He's he's still around. He's 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 funny, but he's gotten a little, I think politically yeah. dubious. Yeah. So. So you you're coming into football with that kind of disposition. Did, was it was it not as jockey back then? Were jocks not as? Uh, yeah, they were the, the the jockier jocks were jockiest. Yeah, um, a lot of them were pulleys. Yeah, um, and did you? But you were. I wanted to fit in so fucking bad. It, it, yeah. um, I never really bullied bullied anybody because I was on that end of the stick for yeah. years. For what? Little fat boy. Oh really? Yeah, and. You, you, have, you, you have to watch your turf because you go on the wrong turf that the Catholic boys will beat you up. Yeah? Yeah. Um, when you were And I would t- I would take beatings instead of trying to fight back. When they beat you up for being a fat kid? For, no, because I was walking in, in their air. Oh, the Catholic kids. Yeah. yeah. Was there, so there was a Catholic neighborhood? In- uh, around the Catholic school. Oh, really? But, yeah, where they congregated around the school and- uh, and I, I was friends with most of them. How'd you afterwards. grow up religion-wise? Uh, Southern Baptist. Oh, really? Yes, sir. So the so the uh, the gemstones wasn't too big of a. No, I I, I have really good memories yeah. of not not good things, but good memories of uh, sitting in church when I was a kid, and the and the guy never lowered his voice. Yeah, never lowered all, his voice. All yelling and going to a tent revival. Um, all yelling. Yeah, yeah. They, they all, say that on the side. All yelling all the time. Yeah, yeah. We Jesus, yell. all yelling all the time. <laughs> Our loud Lord. <laughs> We're louder than you. Yeah. But you remember that, huh? Yeah. It, it, did, was, it a, it, was it an exciting thing? What did it you... was, was I was easily led. Mm. So when I was younger, I remember grabbing, they, they have a thing where they call you down to get your soul saved. Yeah. And I was maybe nine or 
even younger, and yeah. I'm grabbing my sister and shoving her up so she could get her soul set. She's screaming and Your crying little sister. and fighting me. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, oh, you got to go, you got to go. But not you. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'd already been so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there's a curious thing, like, you, you know, that whole kind of, like, people-pleasing and, you know, wanting to be, you know, part of something. Because I felt that, too. Like, there... Do you think, like, you know, not you know, having your old man around was sort of left a, a, a piece missing kind of thing? I'm sure it did. Yeah. But I didn't know it. Right. I never, ever missed him because I, I didn't know him. Right. Well, because my dad was absent a lot and sort of a self-involved person. But I know growing up, I always would gravitate towards charismatic, you know, seemingly grounded dudes who, who were older than me that yeah. I thought could oh, teach yeah. me something. Yeah, me too. Right. Um, yeah, my acting teacher in college was one of them. I considered him a father figure. Yeah. And uh, leaders in the Boy Scouts would help me out. But I was uh, rudderless and had no discipline. So How I was, was the a Boy terrible Scouts? student. So I, I loved it. Did it get you disciplined or like was it, I guess? It did to a certain effect because I loved it. Yeah. I, I really liked it uh, going out into the woods and shit like that. Yeah. And learning to smoke. Um <laughs> Yeah, looking at right. Playboys. Yeah, Did, is that where you first smoked Boy Scouts? No, I I smoked in a a, a sewer tunnel when I was nine. Yeah, uh, Winston's. Yeah, with uh, just oh, on Marlboro, your own? Marlboros, Marlboros, and you light the cigarette and you have to inhale it and say your name and then exhale it, and that that was a real smoke. Oh, that was who taught you that? Some Ollie, older kid, Ollie Cromwell. How old? How much older? He was the same age. Same. Yeah. Oh, but he must have got it from his brother or something. Yeah, something. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, care. Isn't that funny, though, with that stuff? It's like, you know, you feel shitty, it tastes weird, but, like, you know, you're like, I'm going to get the hang yeah. of this. You know, I'm a little nauseous, but I'm going to I'm going to get the hang of this. It was the next stage of development. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like, I had to wait to shave for a long time, but it was not a, not unlike that. Yeah. Um, I loved it, man. And, uh, yeah, Oof. plus it was bad. Yeah, very uh, bad. I, but they were, they were so available, though. It was bad, but, oh, like, Oh, shit, man, it worked. They were like fifty cents a pack back Big. then. Big, it's like a quarter of quarter a pack for yeah. camels. Yeah, that and gas. The two bad things were so cheap. Yeah, and they were you get them at the same place. I yeah. remember the Husky Station in Albuquerque, New Mexico, it was like fifty five cents for a pack of cigarettes, and the gallon of gas was like around the same. Yeah. Oh, oof! Talking about cigarettes, love them. Yeah, I got this here vape thing. I know, I know you do. <laughs> so, all right, so like, so the Boy Scouts helped you out, and then uh... yeah, I really did, and I because I liked it. Yeah. Um, I guess it was some maybe a not necessarily discipline, but an organized thing mm. because I was basically alone, and there were a lot of other kids doing the same thing, and yeah. and you know, I I hung on to it till I was ninth grade, which is. A little too long. Do you think go to Eagle? No, I I got as far as Star Scout. Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's too too below Eagle. Oh, but I w- I wouldn't have made it. What Eagle. were Weebelows? Weebelows was an organization where, uh, it was I don't think it was like the SS or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the security operation. Yeah, my brother my brother was a Weeble. A Weeblow. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you stand in line at summer camp. You stand in the big circle, yeah. and an Indian runs around you, or a kid dressed like a Native American. Yeah, and they what they call tap you out. They yeah. thump you in the chest, and then you're a Weeble. Oh, so it was a ritual thing. Yeah, it was the uh, Illuminati of the uh, yes, the Bavarian the, Illuminati, Illuminati of, the, of the Boy Scout yeah. operation. That was that was their wing. So so when do you do the uh, so the football thing, you would, you just did it. You didn't think you were good at it. No, I knew I wasn't good at it. I was just slow. Yeah. And uh, we were all white. Yeah. 
we didn't know any better. Yeah. But I, yeah, I was slow, but I loved to hit. Yeah. And I was disorganized. I just wouldn't learn plays. Uh-huh. I just like to be part of a team. Right. And I like to hit. But not a leader, per se. No, 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 no. No, I, uh, <laughs> no, no leading. No, I just, yeah, I just like being part of a team. So when did you first start getting into acting? I was in seventh grade. Um, I was tapped. We had this acting teacher. She was a knockout. She was doing community theater in St. Louis. She was, uh-huh. she was in the union. Yeah. So to please her, yeah. uh, I, you did whatever she picked you could. me to be a, a part of a, a play called You Can't Take It With You, Kaufman and Hart. I was in that. I was oh, I was Grandpa Vanderhoff. Oh, it was just chaos, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a it's a real well timed farce, not the way a seventh grader would do it. Eighth grader with the bomb making, or yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, Uncle downstairs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I we only did one night of yeah. it, and I forgot my lines, and we're I said half of a long table, and I got up and started improvising. Yeah, because I just didn't. I would not flop. That just would not enter my brain. Um, I will not fail at this. Yeah. And silence was deadly. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I did it, but I got up and started improvising until I got around the table. The lines came back, and I, I just got into it. And my teacher, when it was over, gave yeah. me the biggest, nicest hug. <laughs> and that was enough. And then in high school, I, I got into a couple of plays. Yeah. While you were playing ball? Yeah. Yeah. There was no, it was no big deal. Yeah. What were the you, did you, what were the plays? You remember Lil Abner? Oh yeah, and the next year, Hello Dolly. When I was a senior, so did you find something up there on stage that you know was filling the void? I guess so because yeah. I wasn't cutting in football, and it turned out I was good at it. Yeah, and I knew I was good at it, and I went away to a junior college. I didn't go away, but I went to a junior yeah. college, got involved there, and then I transferred to another college and just lost a year of my life fucking around in fraternity and Ooh. yeah and that wanting to belong thing again yeah 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 that that was it is that where it is that where the drinking got going no not really because no, i would drink like everybody else right. i think i could still drink like everybody else. yeah though. yeah yeah the drinking happened um i was going with a girl and she dumped me and oh i did it's the first time i'd been out of a relationship in maybe <sighs> Four years. Yeah. Didn't what know year? what to do with myself, but I was starting to make dough. This was in New York? This is, yeah, this is like 1978. Oh, years later. Yeah. Um, and Animal House had just come out. So right. I, oh, I remember that. That was fun. <laughs> so I'd go out every night and sit at an actor's bar. Yeah. Um, just looking to see who walked in yeah. and shit like that. Talk to the bartenders. They're all actors. Right. And uh, it got to be every night. And I started to gain a lot of weight. Yeah. And then I got to, uh, I went to another bar, Cafe Central. Yeah. In, uh, on the Upper West Side. And there was a lot of actors in there. And uh, so it was a community thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it, it got to be, you know, I could have gotten my mail there. I was there every sure. night during the day. And, you know, it's that, that's how it gets tricky because you're like, that's my friends are up there. You yeah. know, I got, I got friends. Up. I, I started drinking heavy after a girl broke my heart. And, and I, I consciously, decided like that i'm gonna be this guy now it wasn't like it didn't ease in yeah it was just sort of like this is my life fuck her fuck them i'm living this way yeah i you know even when i was drinking with the fraternity uh it was it was still it was just empty Um, yeah yeah yeah. and i choose to go away by myself yeah but be near all these people 
And uh, yeah, I, I guess I never did know how to drink normally. Yeah, I, it I just I just had to have more. Well, that well, the good thing about that is, is that like, and you're probably the same as me. I never think that I can. I, I really don't ever think that I can drink normal. Yeah. Like, if I ever think about drinking, it's like, like who the fuck wants to even drink a one beer? Yeah, it, it just, <laughs> it, it can't happen. Yeah, and why would you want it's to? It's like jumping off a building and flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's tr- not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It, you know, a, a one beer goes to two beers, goes to Jack yeah. Daniels, <sighs> goes to who's yeah. got blow. Who's got blow? Yeah, that was always the thing. It's like, I got to stay up more for this. And it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, this, this needs my full attention. But the f- most fun part was f- yeah. tracking it down, oh, get, which would take hours. But oh, you had to have it. Yeah. And know, that, that was more fun than actually doing it. I know. Once you, yeah, once you got it, that the, the rush of getting it yeah. was, was actually, yeah, for sure. And there was something about opening the... The bindle, the, yeah, the bindle, and yeah. looking inside where it being whole I know and pure, yeah. and the ritual of chopping it up. Oh my god, putting it on a key. Oh, the key. Yeah, yeah I used the key. My nose is starting to run. Yeah, a little bit. I, or the pen top. Did you ever use the yeah. pen, the pen top? All the time, yeah. In in the cigarettes, right? You put yeah. the bindle yep. in the cigarettes yep. with. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same system. My nose is starting to yeah, run. Yeah, me talking too. About I'm getting drips. When I got, when I'd start talking about blow. Yeah. My nose would run. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But that was the thing. Like, that you're sitting there. Do you remember that, that you're sitting there at a bar at two in the morning? It's empty. And, you know, you're, you're on blow and you're just sort of like, things are going to turn around. Yeah. It's, it's oh, just yeah. Gonna Somebody's st- going to walk in. Yeah, it's going to happen. This- <laughs> the girl of my dreams will walk in yeah, here yeah. Now, 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 yeah. now, 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 right now. And what would happen if she did? I'd be too, <laughs> too jacked to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she's got a lot of energy to talk. Yeah, <laughs> talk her pants off. Yeah, sitting around with strangers talking about shit. That was the worst. That's the worst part of people pleasing is when you're at a stranger's house doing their blow, listening yeah, to them. Oh shit! And all you're thinking about is like, oh, it's gonna, it's more coming. We're gonna put some more yeah, lines. Yeah, you, you yeah, some yeah, out yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I get a little bit? <laughs> Do you mind? Yeah. Can I just? Is that anyone doing that one? Is that, <laughs> is that who's is that? You, you mind? Yeah. Whoops. Oh, was oh, that yours? Oh, God damn it. Are we out? <laughs> so, like, when you went, like, going to New York, though, that was a big jump. Yeah, that was a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I graduated. I didn't decide. I did summer theater in Springfield, Missouri, and at the end of that, I said, well, I, I'm going to try this professionally. And you didn't know anybody? I, I thought I was pretty good. No. Yeah. I knew a guy that did costumes in New York. Yeah. And he agreed to let me land on him. Yeah. For a while. Right. Uh, so I took the Amtrak up to Penn Station, overtipped the cab driver, and landed on 92nd Street. Yeah, and stayed with this guy, and I was terrified. It was Absolutely overwhelming. Terrified. You must have never been there before. No. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just it's massive. I had a friend there. Yeah. Uh, who'd been there for a year. Yeah. And he knew the ropes. He knew about auditions, which was important because he forced me to go to auditions. How, but just like unsolic- like uh, casting call stuff, or like you didn't have yeah. an agent or anything. No, You're you just get going? It in the, a newspaper. Oh, back, right, right, backstage, right, backstage. Yeah, and uh, they they tell you where to go. Yeah, who's looking for what. And yeah, then it was all non-equity auditions. Right, and so you just started doing that. Cold yeah, out cold. Yeah, yeah, and I got a job on with the third or fourth try. In stage or on on camera? On, no, no, nothing on camera for a long time. Uh, this was at a dinner theater in Springboro, Ohio, doing seventeen seventy six. And how long did you have to do that? That was for oh uh, years, but 
that that was only only lasted till after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, then I couldn't. My girlfriend went down and got a, a job at the same dinner theater, so I went down and waited tables. Ah, uh, followed her. Yeah, but yeah. I made more money than anybody. Yeah, cutting their lawns, uh, doing odd jobs. And with, this was in Ohio. Yeah, waiting tables. So you just went from New York to Ohio. Yeah. Doing whatever was necessary. Yeah, and I was more comfortable there because it was suburbs. Right. Midwest yeah. a bit. People, people could drive around. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the other thing about growing up in a suburb or growing up in the Midwest is like the car thing. Like yeah. New York, it's like no one's got a fucking no, car. No, you don't need one. Yeah. It's just people everywhere. Yeah. You can't get away. Good. Take. I still take the train. Me too. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have been in New York so you know how to be in New York. Yeah. I don't want to live there again. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I dig it when I'm I'm up there doing a play. Yeah. But after a while, it, it just, uh, I guess I'm just too used to space. Sure. But you do you have a place here still? Yeah. And you yeah, mostly- I, I, uh, we started looking after I got sober. Yeah. Because I got sober in Malibu. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, yeah, one of the sober mills. Yeah. <laughs> the sober industry. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it works, it works, right? Yeah. And uh, found a place out on the west side here and- we got one. I thought maybe it'd help me work more out here, which yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, that never happened. No, <laughs> no. Um, we get mostly yeah, in, mostly in New Orleans. Yeah, we. I moved down there because my wife is from Bogalusa, Louisiana, and I thought, well, I'm going to be on the road a lot, so she could be near her parents. Right, and that worked out. Yeah, yeah. worked out great. So when when do you start? Like, I, it's weird because I think the first time I remember. You know, I, I I know you did some stage work, but I mean, the first time I remember seeing you on in movies was that David Byrne movie. Yeah, that's like the first. I was doing a Broadway show then, and went to an audition for David, and then I got it. What you were was it the bear? Um, the that bear. was the dancing bear. The bear, like you were this guy, big, nice, warm guy. Yeah, my brain jammed. I, See, I can't think right. of the it, character's it, yeah. name. Yeah, but it was great because it was David, and it was. It the was only so, movie he ever directed. Right. And I just kind of hung with him on the set looking at stuff, and I really, really liked it. It, it wasn't the first movie I ever did, but you know, maybe it, it was the first lead I'd ever gotten. Yeah, I guess that's why I remember it. And David was sort of, I just remember being in that zone of like that kind of art music and him, yeah. what he was up to and the vision of it. And his wife was involved, I think, with the yeah, costumes. Bonnie. Yeah. And uh, and I just like I remember it was like going to like an art show for me. Like, yeah. And to, to go see true stories, I was like, "What is this about?" And it had all the burnisms in it. Yeah. Did you like working with that guy? I, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he's, a, he's just so whip smart. Uh, an intense guy, huh? Yeah, but in a good way. Oh yeah, I guess he had done a couple movies: Revenge of the Nerds and Yeah, Chud, Chud. <laughs> Jay, you remember Jay Thomas? I do the TV actor? Yeah, and yeah. and radio man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Jay and I, and uh, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for one scene, underground dweller. What was uh, it? Cannibalistic? cannibalistic humanoid under underground dwellers. Uh, yeah, but a lot of my friends from the bar were in it, so, okay. <laughs> so I fit right in. Yeah, so, that, so you knew everybody. Yeah, it was cast out of New <laughs> yeah. York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when when did it start to really sort of take like you? So you most of the stuff you learned, you most of the stuff you did in New York was stage stuff. Yeah, mostly out of town or children's theater around New York. So you did that whole regional theater that the, what you were yeah. talking about before dinner theater, just yeah. taking the gig. Did you see that as being was that enough for you at the time? Because I started doing commercials in seventy 
eight. Yeah. Then I hated myself for doing them, which is really stupid. Yeah. Um, but I kept getting booked. Because I didn't care about getting them, I kept getting booked. Why'd you hate yourself? Oh, I had some idealized version. It's the sellout. Why thing? am I an alcoholic? Yeah, right. it's uh, there's always some idealized version, right, of what I should be doing. And all my friends at the bar were doing films or really good theater. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. So you're know, comparing, I'm, I'm, comparing yeah, and, despair and driving my yeah. I'm yeah. driving myself down because I'm I'm probably making more dough than they are. Right. But that's when that's when I started getting trouble. Is when I was making money and. Um, and you you didn't feel good about what you were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, yeah, of course. I I still I battle with because you know, I got like tomorrow I got to tape a special. I'm taping a comedy special tomorrow, and is there some part even though I'm like you know sober minded and I've been good, you know I, I feel great about a lot of things. There's some part of me that wants to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, How can I fuck this yeah, up? And I, do it. Yeah, yeah, I feel him. I feel him. It's like, this. he's looking for like, the theater's not going to be that good. You know, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Shut up. Like, when, you know, I don't know if that second joke's going to work. I, but I've been doing it. You know, it's just the worst. <laughs> just keeping that guy shut up? Yeah. Fuck him. <clears throat> so, all right. So, but after the commercials, you know, what you, like, were you training at all? I mean, did you- no, I went up there to go to a school, and I went there and just like college was better. Yeah, and the people at college were better, and I got discouraged. And then I got that job, the yeah. dinner theater job, and I left, and I just chucked it. And I wish to fuck I had gone to a proper school really? and, or stuck still, around. Yeah, still? yeah, um, because I had, it would have given me some solid foundation more than I had from college. Yeah. Um, now, not so much anymore because you learn while you by you doing it. You do, That's right? How you learn, yeah. But um, I always wanted some more technique to fall back on. But yeah. I, I'm all right, yeah. And that's because I don't trust myself with what I'm doing. Right. That I'm looking for that technique, and I'm just now starting to learn that what I've been doing is okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, you're fine. Just leave it alone. Don't nitpick every fucking thing. Right. And well, trust your instinct. Yeah. When you're there, that's something I never do is trust myself. So every you know, up to a certain point, up until fairly recently, you're saying you do things and be like, ah, fuck. Yeah, I'm just learning now to trust myself. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so you've it's been a lifetime of beating the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, it's so weird because like the more actors I talk to, the more I realize that y- you know you're going to figure it out. However, you're going to figure it out. There's no magic way, and it's. It makes it so much easier when you're not flogging yourself. Yeah. And I don't, it was just learned behavior. Um, I've always done it. Yeah. Uh, Fat kid there's behavior? Some, yeah, there's some progress. Well, that's when alcoholism started. Yes. Yeah. Fat kid. Yeah. I was alone in the house and I'd, I'd eat, play games with food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's when it started. Yeah. But. Uh, Comforting. Just trust myself. Yeah. I mean, it's like. It's well. That's what like sort of what I'm talking about too. Like I'm feeling that right now. Like there's no reason I shouldn't. But you know, you, it, it's it's one of those cognitive battles, right? Like, yeah. You ha- that you actually have to go like sh- you know, it's uh, you know how to do. Well, this. my old lick about doing this today was uh, I I got nothing to talk about, man. I, I, I I'm nothing. I don't bring anything to the fucking party. Why do they want me? I didn't do anything. Um, but I'm having a great time. So. <laughs> Why did they want me? I didn't do anything. Yeah. 
Why am I being punished? <laughs> it was like, it's like, uh, I we're, got nothing to say. When we talked about the beginning, the, the thing you got to go do at Washington University, he's like, eh, he wanted someone from St. Louis, I guess. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> but, but like when, <laughs> so like right after True Stories, the Big Easy with that, with the, uh, I had talked to Dennis. Yeah. Did you play a cop in that? Yeah. 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 Dennis was the head cop. I got that. I got three movies in a row in 85. Then I started doing films. Yeah. Uh, Big Easy, uh, which took me back to New Orleans, which I would go to just to get lost. Oh, really? Uh, every time I got a couple nickels together, I'd, I'd, I'd fly down there. You love it? I loved it, yeah. Uh, but I, what I loved was the French Quarter. Yeah. And I was a habitué of certain bars, so they knew me. It was like coming home. Oh, yeah. But it was all based on um, booze and blow. Yeah. So you, oh, so you had that experience of a uh, you know pre Katrina New Orleans back at the 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 high point of just uh, when it was so you got into the dark corners there yeah yeah, oh, yeah. And I dug it yeah, yeah. and uh, the music man, yeah go out and get my ears dirty yeah um, and the food yeah but yeah it was mostly uh, alcohol yeah I didn't uh, I never I never really had a party there I, I ended up there once by myself but i never got the hang of the city but i do know when you go there there's no place like it yeah like it's there's an enchanting sort of element i remember one night walking on bourbon street yeah and i was drunk enough to start acting stranger for blow oh god and some guy drove me out to a project yeah but i got i copped and i came back alive and yeah. i told people that story and it's a you're still here. Yeah, yeah. It's but that's the worst. That's the worst. Where you like at a bar and you don't know the town. I did. I did that once where some guy at the end of the bar. I think he had a cold. Like he was literally was. Yeah. <laughs> he had a genuine cold. Yeah, I was sort of like, what's up? <laughs> Where you got? You yeah, know? it's like people are waiting, uh, waiting to give their blow away, or, or, or that they have it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like ridiculous. Like you know, that guy looks like he's kind of guy that would it's so embarrassing <laughs> but quaid is like you know as you're starting to you know do these movies with these with these actors he'd been around a bit are you just learning from them too i mean do you get to not the, necessarily and, from them but just by the process itself the of watching other people that i admire to yeah. and listening to directors stuff like that and then i got to work with uh al pacino a couple right. of years later was see you love yeah oh yeah and that was you know, he was my hero when I started. Sure. When I started seeing him, sure, and, uh, he was just a great guy. Really, that's yeah. thank God. Yeah, isn't that I'm, nice when that works out? Yeah, and but he loved acting. Yeah, in the process of it, everything to do with it. So yeah. we talk about that. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So there was that practical advice there. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, listen to his stories, and um, but yeah, he was he was so kind to me. Yeah. Well, that's great. And watching him work, working with him. That's great. And I'm, you know, pinching myself every time I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, it's it's so nice when the people you revere turn out to be good people. Yeah. yeah there's nothing worse than the sort of like the hero worship and then like, these are fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm always afraid of, you know. That you're it, that guy? You don't, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> well, no, I try not to, but then I, I interview them and they're usually... The one thing I've learned from talking to so many people is that everyone's just a person. So, like, you know, once you get them into the right perspective, which is human, they're not assholes. Yeah. Maybe it's your expectations. You yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, whatever you're projecting sure. on. Sure. So, but when the relationship with the Coens start with Raising Arizona, right, that's right around that that's time. That's right. Yeah, that was the third film I did uh, in 80, 
85, 86. So that's their second movie, I think. Yeah. And now, when you enter that world with those guys at that age, were you aware that, like, this is something amazing? I knew it was something special because it was all on the page. And their sense of humor yeah. was not unlike mine. Uh-huh. I mean, they're a lot smarter than I am. Yeah. But uh, just hanging around with them was, yeah. was, was wonderful. Yeah, it was always laughs. And the stories were like, when you read like the script of Raising Arizona, you were like, it's like this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just fell in love with it. And then I, I went in and, and met with them. I did too much reading, but we hung out for about an hour, uh-huh. a lot longer than I should have. Right. And we were goofing on, I was goofing on resume pictures and uh I don't know, we just we just hung. Yeah, and that part was so great. You and uh, what's it? What Bill was, Forsyth. Bill Forsyth. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, the whole thing was so amazing. I I watch it like once a year or so. Their movies. It was it was so much fun when you came out of the it, ground. It, I wanted to do more. You yeah, know, just how can I how can I make this better for these guys? And did you when you do those movies? Because I know I, when I was thinking about the Cohen stuff that you've done, they're all like comedic but none of them are you don't play them as funny really no no yeah but they're all insanely hilarious yeah it yeah the the, the straighter you are the the better yeah, right yeah and in work and nicholas cage at that point was so wiry and so goddamn sharp that must have been fun to yeah be it was he was uh i found out later he based his pe- character on woody woodpecker i thought it was wiley coyote <laughs> it might be I, well the woody woodpecker was a tattoo yeah on the that biker. was the uh a car decal, right, right, for right. motorheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wood, yeah. wood systems. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, oh. with a bent, yeah, with bent the, pecker. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was a cartoon character. That's fucking hilarious. Now you were in the movie Punchline, which was a ridiculous uh, movie. Yeah, at the time it didn't feel ridiculous because you know I I was hanging out at the Improv every night then. Yeah, like uh, as a comic, you know, when I saw it, we were like, oh, yeah, the locker room, the old comic yeah. locker room. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a different perspective. I, 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 yeah. No, but you were, oh, you were doing, you were in the improv crew at that time? Yeah, I never went on, uh, I would rarely go onto the floor to watch guys. I was just hanging it's out like in that front, front bar because it was, yeah, Peter Rieger, I go, where can I hang out in LA? Yeah. So the improv is most like New York bars. So that's true. They kind of had a scene there. You know, people would hang around there. Like, yeah. You know, guys would show up there at that time. It was a good time. Like that was uh, the eighties. Every all yeah. the comics were around. Were you friends with comics? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I used to see Sam Kinison all the time. Yeah. Uh, at the comedy store. Yeah, Rick Dukeman. Dukeman. Um, so you used to come down the store too, the comedy store. No, I, I went there once, but that was it. I just yeah, I, yeah. just the improv. Yeah, I knew Kennison. We did some time. Did, I did plenty of boy with Sam Kennison. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then you had to listen to him and look at him. <laughs> He's real into like, look at me in the eye. Good <laughs> Where are you going, John? <laughs> Wait, bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, those good times. So you work like what do you do like two three movies a year for the last like while it's been a you know quite a run I had been um, but lately I got the opportunity Roseanne wanted to do the show again oh the Connors yeah yeah sure. that came into uh, that just fell in my lap yeah it was nice not to be living out of a suitcase but why were you living out of a suitcase because no doing... we're doing films oh yeah just yeah. oh you mean going yeah, yeah. Being i got a place, place here sure. yeah yeah and that's that's how it was the first time i was still living in new york but i was doing films all the time so i was living out of a suitcase and then you got the first uh, yeah we we hit it off 
Roseanne and I hit it off real well at the audition. Yeah, that was like 88, 87? Some, 87, I think. 87. That that was your life. Yeah. That's... Well, she was like, she was something else. She still is something else. But at that time, you know, I, I, did you know going into the original Roseanne that this was going to be such a, a game-changing show for the culture? I, at the time, I just didn't care. Yeah. I'd, I'd go, okay, you know, we'll maybe do five of these and then yeah. they'll kick us off. But, right. You know, I, I made made some nice coin. Yeah. And I just, I didn't worry about that. Right. I didn't care. And then it just evolved into this m- massive thing. Yeah. For, for a decade almost. And you became that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm still that guy. Oh, I know. Yeah. They don't know my that name. That guy's back. Or the character. You're that guy. <laughs> you're the guy from Roseanne. Yeah. That's it. But you know it's weird because like I you know I watched Roseanne but like I wasn't you know a fanatic Roseanne watcher so like you stand out in my mind as the guy in the movies more than the guy in Roseanne okay. which is fine yeah I mean Barton Fink is one of my favorite movies yeah. ever and yeah I'll show you a life of the mind that's, that's one I want to do over again really yeah just do How? it better do it better you were crazy yeah it was going down that hallway yeah come on man how are you gonna do that better. That was fucking great. Yeah, I did that back to back with a movie called King Ralph with O'Toole. Uh huh. Oh wow, which was just the best. Yeah, the working movie, with that guy. The, the movie stunk, but uh, just being with Peter O'Toole. And and you were still drinking, fortunately. Yeah, I was. He wasn't. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh. Well. But he'd take me around to uh, bars and where'd you shoot that? Restaurants, London, first time. And so you got to hang out a lot with him. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, would go out to dinner or places where he had scenes yeah and we were sitting at the Savoy Hotel one night yeah he was surrounded by pictures of Richard Burton right and Harris and all his friends just a little wistful yeah he was that's that generation huh yeah did you learn anything from that guy do the scenes as though you're late for a train <laughs> really yeah urgency yeah get present and it, yeah that uh that made a lot of sense to me take out all the slack do, when you when you think about the all the movies you've done, like outside, like the, obviously you like working with the Coens. Like he put they put you in a lot of mo- uh, movies, and the Big Lebowski has like this cult following. I mean, like you know, people, yeah. it's there's a religion to it. Um, a frightening little cult. They are, but they I, they they seem okay. Those people, yeah, they're 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 nerds. Yeah, they're yeah, not they're not bad. They're guys. fun. Yeah, they appreciate it. But like in doing all this work, do you look back at at, at any of the movies with a with more fondness than others? Oh yeah, anything I did for, for Joel and Ethan. Yeah, um, the David Byrne film. Yeah, that was a big eye opener. Yeah, working with Al. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I worked with him three times now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. There was a movie he did about Jack Kervorkian. Oh, that was great. It's an HBO movie. Yeah, yeah. But like, it was one of those things where you know, for me, when I was watching. Pacino in that because like he he sort of gets a little you know he gets stuck in certain habits yeah and but in that movie it was like holy shit he just turned himself inside out there and became that guy I didn't yeah. see any any Pacinoism it was yeah it, it, it was great to watch right great to hang in there with him now what what was the Flintstones experience um I got roped into it yeah I was doing a movie that Spielberg produced yeah I did two of them. One was uh, Arachnophobia. Oh, yeah. Then um, a movie called Always that Steven directed. Yeah. And while we were at our first table read for Always, he comes in and he sits down and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. I have just found my Fred Flintstone. 
that I'm looking at, you know. Yeah. I thought, oh, God, no, not this. Because <laughs> no, I knew I was going to hear Yabba Dabba Do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I wasn't really, I, I liked the Flintstones when I was in fifth grade. Sure. So you didn't feel like you had a choice? No. Mm. It was, yeah, do it. I, I, about six months before we started filming, I, I called him, I got drunk and called mm. him up and said, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And I, I wound up doing it. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, it, it was loud. <laughs> But I liked working with him. With um, Spielberg? In arachnophobia, he, he'd get in the, I'd be driving a truck, and he'd be, put himself down in the passenger side, not on the seat, but squinch down and because he thought it'd be funny if he wasn't in the shot. Sp- who, Spielberg? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Was he, he, was he, was he directing that, or was he a producer No, on he, that? he was a producer on it. And he just liked fucking with you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was great being around there. I would go over to Amblin every night after I'd get off of Roseanne just yeah. to hang out. Oh really? Yeah, that that made me feel good so, because like it's it's you know you're in it, you're part of it. Yeah, it yeah, made, yeah, I felt like I uh, gotten somewhere. So it's interesting that you had that you you were doing the Roseanne show and, and still going back and doing movies. Yeah, and and it sort of that was that was an amazing time, I would imagine. Yeah, and, especially uh, like it's King Ralph and Barton Fink, and like that with Hail Caesar. You know, I think that's yeah. a great double feature. Yeah, yeah I think thing, so too. Like they they go together. It's almost like yep. a sequel, right? Yeah. 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 No one talks about Hell Caesar. I fucking love that movie. I did too. All your communists. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> yeah. The communists were great. <laughs> They're so hilarious. And when when you did uh, the Bring Out Your Dead, I love that movie too. You don't hear much about that. Yeah, I'm I'm ashamed of myself for that one because I was drunk for most of it. Oh, I was really intimidated. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, you were intimidated by working with Scorsese? Well, yeah, who I, I shouldn't have been. He was the nicest guy in the world. Um, I was just very unhappy then, but yeah. I, I, I wind up with a bottle um, and start drinking to Dur- make things During better. the day, yeah. During uh, filming, yeah. And we filmed mostly at night. During- and I didn't really have a character. I really, I said yes because I wanted to work with Martin Scorsese and then I didn't do the work. Hmm. That's a weird feeling. So when you're just doing, you're just showing up as yourself. Yeah, yeah, with a accent. Yeah, that was my character. It's like it's. Uh, it's well, how do you know when you like? I guess when you know when you've locked into the character, if you're not aware of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Think when things come naturally. Yeah. You don't have to work that hard. Yeah. So you do some animated stuff too, and I read that uh, that when you and Billy Crystal. Did the what is it? The cars, cars, the, the Monsters no, Inc. Monsters Inc. That you like because I'm doing I'm involved with the animated thing now, but you guys did a lot of it together. Yeah, that was Billy's choice, and it 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 was so much better when we got together. The energy just met and zoomed. It, yeah, it was so much better when when we worked together. Yeah, and uh, I just hang on to Billy because he, he he could improvise. Sure, and right. He sure did. Yeah, and it, and you can feel the vibe, yep, and yep. it made the movie better. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. And and but the energy we do them separately. Yeah, and then Billy came up with this idea, and then then it really started working. Really cooked. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fun, yeah. right? The, are, are you able to identify fun? Yeah, I I, I have a yeah. <laughs> I know it when I'm in it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I, I I'm not you know that 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 t- has taken me a while to figure out. Oh yeah, a long time, but. but if I'm having it, I don't want to stop. And I, my favorite thing is laughing. And yeah. if I do that, then I'm in a good place. Yeah. And you've got to find people that make you laugh. 
Yeah. So what is it like coming back to the Connors? How how it's pretty easy in the sense of like, do you find that that guy's right there? Yeah, he was. It, I was worried about it because I can be worried. Yeah. Because I like being worried. Like how am I how am I going to find him again? It was. We walked onto the set, Ugh. and it was. I hate using the word surreal. Yeah. It's just overused, but that's what it was. Like it, time travel. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, the wallpaper was the exact same print. The furniture was there. Wild. Hadn't seen this stuff. I walked away from it. Um, and boom. And Roseanne and I just went back to having a ball. Yeah? Yeah. It came right back. And I guess we did eight shows. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, it, it came right back uh, when we had grandchildren to worry about, new characters. Yeah. But- yeah, as long as I I was hanging with her, I was always doing the right thing. Yeah, it was right. It was on the page too, right? Yeah. The writing yeah, and everything. Yeah. Well, I hope she's okay. I do too. Um, in in terms of like doing these comedies with like, what was it like working with McBride? Because I watched all the Gemstones and I love them, and I had Edie in here, and he, <laughs> you know, yeah, Danny. Like I've talked to him too, but he's a funny fuck. Yep, he's not a professional funny man in the sense that he's not always on. Right. He just says funny things. And he's, there's something about his demeanor, though. Like, he's got this weird <laughs> cockiness that is so undercut by his, like, ridiculousness. And it's a very unique he really, zone. Yeah, he really minds himself yeah. for being a prick. Yeah, right. <clears throat> he goes to depth. But somehow he's sympathetic. Yeah. Because he's such a, an idiot. Yeah. And, and not dumb, but just sort of like, a, like he's going to fuck it up somehow. It's a great trick. It is a good yeah. trick. I don't know how he does it. But he's, he's got some imagination. Uh, these guys he went to school, the North Carolina School of the Arts, all hang together, yep. write together. And they, they bought a Sears, or renting a Sears, an old Sears. The shopping center? Yeah. And a studio is in there. Everything is in there. That's the, where the you guys shot? Some of it and a lot on location. They bought a or, Sears? I don't know if they bought it, but they're renting it, and it's a, a movie studio. Down in where, South Carolina? Yeah, in Charleston. No kidding. Yep. It's just swell. And he lives out on an island, I think, yeah, over there. Yeah, And That's, what's the other guy's name? Green? What David Gordon Green. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a genius, yeah. too, huh? Um, and Toby... To- and jo- Jody, Jody Hill. Jody, yeah, Jody Hill, yeah. But when when you got that gig, when you looked at that stuff, were you familiar with this stuff from uh, other, uh, other Not stuff? Really. So Not really. Uh, just by reputation, and right. I'd seen a couple of things. Uh, but it was, it was funny. It was a great concept. Yeah. And I go like... And I just got lost my job. Rosanna just gotten canned. Right. And but the next day I got the script. I said, sure. Yeah. And now you're doing no, both. Doing two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And are you guys doing more of the gemstones? Yeah. We start again in February. That's great. And you feel like you feel strong, you feel good, you like yeah. your work. Yeah. And I'll be staying in the same house in South Carolina, so that's down. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. I like it there. Yeah. Uh, the people are wonderful. Um, and, and that makes it And easier. it's always fun on set. It's so funny. How many people in your life say this to you? Like, come on. It's, it's great. John, stop it. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Too no. many. Yeah. Tell them to mind their own fucking business. <laughs> oh, my God. So what, uh, all right, so what do you do with the rest of your day? How does that pan out for you? I've got to go back to the hotel, Yeah, get my stuff, take it back home, get some other stuff, and go back to the hotel because we got run out. I'm in Pacific Palisades. Oh, shit. Yeah. With the fires? Yeah. 
Are they right there? That would have been a good excuse. To what? I can't make it, Mark. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I might have my burn down. I don't have anything to say. You could have. Yeah. My house house might burn down. Now, is this scary to you? It's scary, right? No. It's, we're safe. Oh, okay. Uh, I got stuff that I need. My dog. Yeah. And we're safe. That's my my fear is like, how the fuck am I going to get these cats out of this house? Dogs are good because they're like, come on, boy. And they come. Cats are like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to burn up. Yeah, louder. Yeah. We dig it. We don't care. (laughs) Try and get us in a box. Well, it was great talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I think we had a lot to say, and I'm glad you came. I I am too. This was fun. Good. And I like meeting you. I like meeting you too, man. John Goodman. I had no I don't know what to expect from anybody on this show. That was really something. It's a deeper place. A more, you know, thoughtful, self-aware, you know, a little heavy, a little darker than uh, but you know, I certainly identified with it and it was um it was certainly great to talk to him. The Connors airs Tuesdays on ABC and uh, I was very happy to talk to John. Okay. Now let's let's play three chords, maybe four. Three chords, maybe four. And Zorro.com offers amazing customer service from real people based in the U.S. Visit Z... (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Ah.